Welcome back, DGI Multiverse. This is DGI Mark. I have DGI Charlie. Uh, remote as what has now become our usual. Um, we hope you are enjoying our banter back and forth, um, regardless if we're in the same room or not. Um, we will be taking you guys on a trip around the DGI Multiverse today on uh, what is now issue number 31. We just celebrated our 30th issue on Wednesday. Um, with a great supersized edition that covered all things comics um, from the last two weeks. But we also had our first interview um, with the lovely uh, Miss Ambrosia, um, all the way from Colorado, who jumped on and talked about women's uh, women in comics culture, uh, which I thought was an amazing conversation um, between her, uh, myself, and Charlie. Um a lot of fun. We we got to do more of those. Yes, and we're hoping we can start finding more people that are interested in jumping on and speaking with us um, in the near future. Um, but today's regularly scheduled broadcast um, is of all things entertainment. Um, and we've had a lot of news. Uh, back in October, obviously, we had the DC fandom, which was massive for anybody that's a, a DC or Warner Brothers um fan like myself and Charlie are, um, but the, uh, Marvel and Disney basically had their, their way, um, last week with their announcements, um, at their investors meeting, which, I mean, they, I mean, we're only going to run through a little bit of stuff, mostly the stuff that we're excited about, but they basically, I mean, they ran the gauntlet, whether it was DC originals or sorry, Disney originals, um, Star Wars original content, Marvel original content, whatever it was, they kind of threw the gauntlet down and basically said, yeah, hey, over the next three years, you're going to get about 30 to 40 different programs from us, um, ranging in characters as far wide as Alien to as recognizable, you know, as, you know, Moana and, you know, R2-D2. So... We will jump into, we're going to jump into some toy news, and then at the end of the, uh, this issue, uh, we're going to dive into last week's Mandalorian episode and then talk uh, season two of The Boys, since we're all caught up now. Um, but uh, let's go into some toy news. Um, Charlie is super... Yeah, do you, you want to start with the big one? Yeah, I'll let Charlie, let Charlie get his, his moment right. in the sun here. Yeah, so uh, so we've got some uh, sweet, sweet new uh, Power Ranger figures coming out uh, uh, from uh, 3-0. Uh, they were just uh, went up for pre-order uh, just a couple days ago. Um, and you can get all six if you want to pre-order them uh, for the bargain basement price of $550. Um, but the, the cool thing about these these figures is like, if you're a fan of, uh, like the Mezco style, even, even hot toys, whatever, um, the premium figures, right. Yeah. Uh, that's what you're getting. You're getting these premium figures, you know, the, the, it's not plastic suits. Like they're actually, you know, like fabric suits, uh, that they're wearing. Uh, they've got all their accessories, um, to the point where even the, uh, the blade blaster, you know, that the, the, the core five Rangers carry yeah. uh, actually can become like either the blade sword or it can be the actual blaster hmm. itself. So, um, really cool figures. Uh, you can, you can order them, uh, individually if you want to, 
Uh, the price goes up a little bit per figure, but, um, you know, if you're just a, a Tommy fan, then, you know, you can get just your green Ranger figure if you want to, if yeah. you, you love Kimberly, guess what? You can do that too. But, uh, you know, that's the really cool. Like if you're going to invest in, in power Ranger figures, um, this, these will be the ones to do it with. Yeah. And they, uh, they're coming, they, they come with 34 points of articulation. Like Charlie yeah. said, uh, hand tailored fabric clo- uh, clothing, which makes them look really good. I mean, I'm a Mezco guy. I have a bunch of Batman figures, um, a bu- you know, I have a dark side. I have a Batman actually on the way. Um, and most of those are fabric suits and they look, they do, it does make the figure look better. Um, yeah. some, some, I think some of the Mezcos, I, I'm a big believer unless it's an alien or a person in a mask. I don't think Mezco figures look well. They don't look good. Like I have, I have, I have black Adam and I don't think he's a great looking figure because he looks more of like a, like a, he looks like a Barbie doll in my opinion. Right. Um, well, that's the thing with these is, is that they are 12 inches tall. Yeah. So they're not your standards to scale action figure, right? Like if you're, if you're trying to compare it to a Mezco or, yeah. or something that like, they're definitely going to be larger, but you know, for, for what you're paying for them, like, you yeah. know, I, I mean, I, to, I don't mind it. To be honest with you, it's, it's very, it's very fair to say that these resemble the NECA, like one in what, what what are they? They're like one in four scale or whatever. The, the, the big ones yeah. we, we talked about the Batman returns ones that are getting ready to come out uh, with yeah, these are one in six scale. Yeah. So, you know, they, they, they'll one in six is, is what, with that, what those mech, uh, NECA figures are. And right. they're, they're, they run a hundred to $110 a piece. So it's about the same price per figure for these. Um, obviously if you buy them as a set, you get them a little bit cheaper. Um, probably about like, five dollars a figure i think it is maybe maybe a little less off of the hundred dollars if you buy them individually um i'm looking at them right now i think they look great um like i said they have their helmets on so it's not like like i said when you when you start getting into like the premium style figures with cloth and all this articulation and stuff they kind of start to look like barbie dolls if you don't have a mask on or if they don't, if they're not like a creature of some sort. And just in my opinion, people may have a different opinion, but like I said, I've seen the Superman Mezcos that they've done in the past, like the original, you know, red tights and then the movie, the BVS Man of Steel version. And I just, I think both of them, they look, they literally look no different than the Barbie dolls. And I'm going to be the first one to admit, I have both the Batman and Superman Barbie doll from BVS. So I have a firsthand art, you know, I can articulate because I've seen both of them. Um, I prefer, no offense, I prefer to have the Barbie doll. The Barbie dolls seem to go up crazy in, in prices. And obviously I have a daughter. That's part of the reason I bought it because around that time, she, you know, she was conceived, BVS was coming about. Um, so I wanted to make sure that if and or when, if she ever asks for them, I'm not paying $500 for them. I only paid retail for them. But like I said, I... I, I like them. I think they look great. And at 12 inches, that's pretty, that's pretty dope too, especially if you're looking for a centerpiece for uh, like a Power Rangers display. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, you get uh you get a nice set of shelving or like um, even like the, uh, the, like the detolf things, you know, uh, yeah. from yeah, get those in there with some nice lights on them and they're going to look amazing. Look amazing. And they're, they're completely posable to how you want them to look which is another big thing. 
And then, you know, if these do well, you know, and this has been one of the problems with any sort of Power Ranger figure line, right? You know, at least from, from a Mighty Morphin standpoint is, is getting villains. So it wasn't until like the lightning collection came along and started giving us villains. Yeah. But I mean, if these, if these three zero figures do well, you know, could you imagine getting a, you know, like a Goldar or a, a Lord Zed? Like those are going to be freaking awesome. Yeah. So, um, news out of the McFarlane toy verse for DC. I know Charlie's been dying for anything, but Batman, um, still Bat Family, but you're actually getting a Nightwing Red Hood Metallic 2-pack, uh, which is now available for pre-order at pretty much all your major retailers. Uh, Big Bad Toy Store um, just recently sent out an email saying that they had it for pre-order up on their site. Um, they look good. I mean, the, the Red Hood looks really good. Um, the metallic finish on the helmet makes him, makes him stand out. Um, they also just came out with... Um, they also just came out with the DC two pack for Flash and Reverse Flash as well, um, and they look they look good. Uh, I, I don't I don't think they're anything to write home about, um, but you can actually get the Flash in a singles pack as well. Um, yeah, I saw them. They look good. That, that red hood especially looks good. Uh, so I mean, but it's still bad. Yeah, it's still bad, man. It's still bad family. Um, yeah. So. On the heels of that, just looking at the Big Bad Toy Store's uh, newsletter, I should say, because um, it, it gives you kind of like the recent pre-orders and releases. And we, me and Charlie were talking about this before. Um, Nerf is coming out with uh, an Ambin Phase Pulse Blaster um, Nerf gun. So I know Nerf guns are tremendously popular with the younger crowd right now and a lot of kids, you know, that... We know personally, you know, family members, friends, whatever, their, their sons absolutely love Nerf guns. Um, and if they're a big Star Wars fan, I mean, it's, it's a pretty sweet-looking Nerf gun. But like Charlie and I pointed out, we wish it looked more like the blaster. It does have a lot of the orange tipping and all the, like, you know, this, the safety features. Yeah, and like, I get it. You know, it's, it's, a, kid, but it's a kid's gun, but... At the, uh, for the price that you're going to pay for it, uh, I'd like it to look a little bit more. Yeah. And the price he's, the price he's talking is, I think, in, yeah, it's, it's almost 140 bucks. It is 140 yeah. bucks. <laughs> so, I mean, you're talking almost a $150 Nerf gun. I mean, this, this thing better, you know, this thing better shoot shit missiles. If, if, um, I mean, you can disintegrating Jawas from, you know, yeah. a football field away. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. I mean, I hate to say this, but you can go out and buy an actual gun for probably 140 bucks. Not a very good yeah. one, but probably better, but probably better some stopping <laughs> some high point gun that yeah. has the serial number uh, filed off. Yeah. You know, but it probably still has better stopping power than this Nerf gun. Um, <laughs> Mezco also, I, we, me and Charlie didn't even talk about this. I just came across this. Mezco is actually releasing a deluxe edition Predator figure, 1 in 12. And let me tell you, this thing is a bad mother... F- Shut your mouth. Um, features light-up bio helmet, uh, multiple uh, faces uh, of articulation, uh, multiple hands. I mean, the normal Mezco um articula- articulated uh plasma caster i mean features light up bio home like i said uh, it comes with a, sc- a human skull with vertebrae fully attached 
and two interchangeable mouthpieces, including the helmet, which would give you actually three. Um, and just looking at the photos, I mean, it is dope. Like, it's a sweet figure, and it's only 100 bucks. It's actually cheaper than... This is probably the cheapest deluxe figure I've seen from them more recently. Um, that's up for pre-order. It looks like it's estimated arrival is in 20, September of next year um, at $100. Not, not too bad. Um, and then... That pretty much, that's everything as far as that goes. Um, I know uh, me and Charlie were talking about this. Uh, they announced recently that Bo-Katan was getting her own figure in the Star Wars Black Series line. Um, Charlie obviously is a big Black Series collector, um, and it is based off of the Mandalorian, not the animated series. Not Clone Wars, but that's fine. Um, you know, we're getting a Bo-Katan figure, so it's... I'm not sweating it. It'll go in nicely with the rest of my collection. Uh, I've already got it pre-ordered. So uh, now I, I only have a singular shot of it. It looks good. Um, can the helmet go on? Yeah. Okay. I, I didn't know if like they didn't allow, like, you know I mean? Some, some, for some reason, some places do that shit where they give you a helmet accessory and then it doesn't fit the figure for some reason. No, they, the, the way that they do their, like, um, a lot of their Mandalorian style figures. So like, uh, be it Django fed or Sabine, um, trying to think, uh, I'm looking at my stuff right now. Out from target, like all the helmets come off. Yeah. Uh, you know, you could do whatever. Uh, same thing with like captain Rex, like his helmet comes off. Yeah. Uh, um, and speaking of Mandalorian and Mandalorian merch, uh, you, it was also announced this week by Hot Toys um, that they would be putting up their Moff Gideon figure um, for pre-orders. Um, the one in six scale collectible figure costs $265 and will ship in June of 2022. <laughs> so if you don't mind waiting two years, you can order your, your Moff Gideon today. Um, I get Hot Toys is one of those like niche markets. Same thing with Mezco. But these fucking pre-order windows, man, kill me. Like I'm still waiting on my Michael Keaton Batman. I'm still waiting on, you know, my Dr. Fate, Mr. Freeze. Like I have so many that I have pre-ordered. I'm just sitting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And like, I get it. The quality's there. So I'm not too hurt about it. But it pisses me off when they come out with other ones that are like ready to ship. I'm like, why don't you, why don't you motherfuckers make the one I already have ordered from you, ass wipes? Um, but uh, we spoke about a little bit about NECA and their uh, one in um, one in six figures. Uh, but NECA announced this week uh, you can actually pre-order their Ace Ventura Pet Detective Shady Acres figure, where it's Jim Carrey in the um, tutu and hospital gown. Um. NECA, obviously, we know this is one of those those brands that they kind of branch out into all forms of 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 movie entertainment, and I do find their their little collectible figures absolutely hysterical sometimes. Um, they also announced a visual guide to their Back to the Future line, which revealed a first look at the Ultimate Audition Marty McFly seven inch figure. Um, and on the visual, it's basically just like a ch- basically like a poster it shows all their seven inch figures the toy like the cars they've come out with and things like that 
Um, just in case, in case you are a Back to the Future guy or gal, and that's what you collect, you can kind of see what you're looking for, or missing, or have from from NECA, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, um, and Iron Studios is now accepting pre-orders for their upcoming Batwoman, or sorry, Batman Returns Catwoman one in ten scale statue of Selena Kyle. It's actually pretty fucking good. My, so this is my thing with Iron Studios, and I and I do have some Iron Studios products in my in my cave and i enjoy them but i ordered a statue through sideshow because sideshow is an event a vendor for them and it was an absolute miserable experience um i ordered a it's 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 like a cartoony batman statue but i have the standard one from from justice league um and they did a deluxe comic book version one where batman's standing on a bat signal and i got two of them I got the first one I got was broke. Um, the, the the bat signal did not have a bat a, a bat sign on it at all. So, fucking month long process to return that, and then I returned that, and then I got the second one. When I took it out of the package, the head of the Batman rolls off the off the statue. So I start another return process, and they they sent me like four different returns, and eventually I didn't even get to return it. Because they, they had been spamming me, me with emails, so their emails end up going into my spam. And Sideshow only gives you 21 days past the, the sending of your, like your, your slip, basically, to send back. Mm-hmm. And it was just a, it was a shit show. So I just ended up keeping the broken fucking statue, put it in a box, and threw it in a fucking closet somewhere. But it was one of those things that you're like, man, I'm like, this is a pain in the ass. Like I, and I actually pre-ordered that statue like a year in advance. So it was one of those ones like I was like waiting on, and when I finally got it, I'm like, God damn it! Um, but that Catwoman statue is going to run you 130 bucks. Um, it looks good. Uh, I'm just not a big fan of big enough fan of Catwoman to grab that. Now, if they do a Michael Keaton one in ten, I'll probably grab that because Iron Studios does do some good sculpting work. Um, so we covered the covered the DC Universe announcement as far as the the Nightwing Red Hood. Uh, I'm sure everybody was clamoring for that. Um, so let's jump in. Anything else for you on the toy front? No, uh, I mean, we'll keep our, you know, we'll keep our eyes open. And if there's anything cool that comes out, you know, we'll bring it up. And obviously it'll hit our Instagram feed for sure. Um, but no, that's all I got for right now. Um, my last thing, uh, Funko, we, we just talked about this. Oh, a yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Funko is now allowing guests of their Hollywood um, Hollywood store and their headquarters store in Seattle to actually make custom pops that look like yourselves or wh- whoever you want it to look like. Um, they come with a custom box with an actual like insert, which is pretty cool. Um, but like me and Charlie discussed until you make it something that like we can order online, like nobody's taking the trek from the East coast to the West Coast. Some people may do if they're out of their minds or have the means to do it. Um, but you know, I just don't foresee going out to California or or Washington just to get a pop made of myself. And we have so many gifted local artists that we know that can do the same exact thing. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's plenty of people that just within, just within Mac that yeah. can, you, you say, Hey, can you make this for me? And you know, you'll have it within a couple of weeks. And like, yeah, if, if you really wanted something special, right? Like down to the t-shirt that the person was wearing and the type of shoes, like they can make it happen. Whereas, you know, with Funko, you're, you're going to get something 
pretty basic. Yeah. Um, it'll, 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 I guess, fit the bill, you know, for whatever you want it for. And you even, I, I know you also get like the box and everything with it, which is cool. Yeah. But, um, you know, there's enough people out there that, that are in the custom market where if you're going to put them on, it's just like, you know, just like figures, right? You put the money out, you get what you want in yeah. return. So. so, um, we'll jump into entertainment news, uh, and we will start with all things Disney. <laughs> Um, so, uh, it was announced that the first, so we'll go pre, is that we'll go pre meeting, um, and then we'll jump into the meetings, uh, details. So pre, uh, investor meeting for Disney, Marvel, Star Wars, whatever you want to call it, um, studios, uh, it was announced via basically like very like side bar announcement because they didn't want to confirm it at first, but unfortunately, uh, one of their co-stars of the Spider-Man franchise basically all but confirmed that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield would be returning in some capacity um, to reprise their roles as their respective Spider-Mans um, in Spider-Man 3. Um, and then that obviously led to more speculation of whether or not Emma Stone, um, Kirsten Dunst, and... Um, Forgive me, I'm not going to say his name correctly. The gentleman that plays Doc Ock. Um, we're going to return for their respective roles, and it sounds like they all are either in talks or now have been confirmed to be involved in the Spider-Man sequel. Um, how that affects the grander Spider-Universe moving forward, we do not know. Um, they haven't, other than just clearing up the speculation whether these people were actually going to be involved or not, there's been no other word on what's going to happen. Um, do I, do I care to see that many people at once on screen? Like I said, I'm cautiously optimistic because I'm optimistic only because it's Marvel and they've done a very good job in the past cinematically, but this almost feels, and don't get me wrong because the flash movie hasn't even really started production yet, but this does feel like a grasp at like, we need to do something massive to get our audience back involved in the MCU after Endgame. Because Endgame's, I mean, that's a once-in-a-generation type of build. Like, to get, yeah. you know, to keep an audience captivated for 10 years like they did across multiple platforms is incredible. And I'll never take that away from Marvel. But it's almost like we, you know, DC came out and basically made, the, made, made it known. Like, yeah, we're going to have Ben Affleck and Michael Keaton on the screen at the same time. And that like shook the fucking world. Like that broke the fucking internet. And then now they're now they're Marvel's coming out with their version of it because Marvel didn't have a multiverse prior to them basically DC basically saying well, we're going to use our multiverse. We're going to have our DC black label movies like the Joker, like the Batman that's coming out with Robert Pattinson. But we're going to keep our DC entertainment universe together. We're going to do more Ben Ben Affleck stuff. We're going to bring Michael Keaton into the fold and let him play his bat. Like when they started doing that, I think Marvel started being like, fuck, like we got to start taking advantage of some of our past successful characters and films. And that's where this whole Doctor Strange multiverse slash Spider-Man, you know, multiverse. And then obviously Marvel had the had the success of the animated movie which I think a lot of people bought into this idea that there's a spider verse all of a sudden. Well, I, and that's okay. Like, that's fine. Um, you know, frankly, I, 
I enjoyed the uh, the Andrew Garfield yes. Spider Man. I, I thought that they were good. And when they and when the, he he didn't come back, I was like, oh well, that sucks. Like, not that I didn't enjoy the Tobey Maguire Spider Man. He either. was I, he was I, the close. Andrew Garfield was the closest Spider Man to what you got in the comic books. Yeah, like Tobey Maguire never. I never like. I love Tobey Maguire for being my childhood Spider Man. You know, much like I love, you know, a lot of people loved Adam West for being their childhood Batman, but everybody agrees that somebody else is Batman. You know, everybody agrees that Adam West, although is Batman, he's not the Batman. And we have a generation of kids now who are like Michael Keaton, or I hate to say this, you have a generation of adults who believe Michael Keaton are their bat is their Batman. And then you have another generation of young adults that's like, oh, well, Christian Bale's my Batman. And then now you have a new younger generation that I think agrees that at this point, Ben Affleck's probably their Batman because it's the only one they've actually been able to see live action on, on, in any form, shape, or you know, size. But I'm never going to say that Tobey Maguire's not Spider-Man because that's what I grew up on. But I do believe that Tom Holland is probably the best epitome of both Peter Parker and Spider-Man, you know, Capsulated into one human being, where I think I think Toby was probably a better Spider-Man than he was a, a, a Peter Parker. He was definitely a, he was definitely a you know Andrew Garfield was definitely a better Peter Parker than he probably was a Spider-Man at times. Um, but I think that all deals with the writing and how the characters portrayed and so on and so forth. Um, but I don't mind them bringing them all in. It just like I said, unless this movie is going to be a, a three-hour fucking just absolute cinematic masterpiece it's going to be really tough for us like us casual marvel guys our us dc diehards to go sit through a two-hour movie and not pick it apart and be like this is everything that's fucking wrong with the dcu but you guys are going to sit here and slurp it up because it's got a marvel tag on the front of it and that's the same like you know we kind of talked with ambrosia about civil war that's the problem right. I had with Civil War. That should have been a cinematic, cinematic masterpiece because if fucking Marvel can keep a clean shop and keep all their characters under the same umbrella, then we would have had the necessary characters to put into those movies, but into that movie more specific. That's the biggest letdown of the MCU in the first 10 years was Civil War for me because Civil War is my favorite Marvel franchise or property that could be adapted to live action that we just knew when it was coming out, we're like, it's not going to be the same. We knew it going into it as comic book readers. You were like, I'm not getting 90% of the heroes that I need to make this story matter. Like, awesome. We're going to reintroduce Spider-Man to the Marvel universe. Finally, but we're not introducing X-Men. We're not introducing the fantastic four. We're not introducing all these other, you know, characters that made civil war, such a great book and such a compelling story. So speaking of which, that leads into the new Fantastic Four movie. Yes. So new Fantastic Four is uh, being, um, uh, it was teased. We didn't, really didn't get much other than the Fantastic Four logo with Marvel Studios inside of it and the announcement that director John Watts, best known for Spider-Man, directing Spider-Man Homecoming, which is the first of the MCU Spider-Mans, um, would be helming the reboot for Marvel's first family, which... I'm excited for, um, it'll be interesting to see if they take the same route that Fox took the second time and try to cast a diverse cast, or if they're going to try and just keep it to the, the status quo of, you know, these are our, our heroes. And these are the people that you've come to know, recognize and love over the last, I don't know, 70 years, or if they're going to try and go the, you know, 
go the route they went with Fox. I don't mind either way. I actually didn't mind Michael B. Jordan being Human Torch like a lot of people did. I thought for that franchise, having a person like Michael B. Jordan attached to it was intelligent because he's a well, very well-known young actor. But the movie in and of itself was trash, so it didn't matter. Um, right. On top of that, uh, we, they, they announced the plot points and storyline for the Nick Fury um, show. It will be centered around the Secret Invasion storyline, which I know is a favorite of many, many Marvel fans. Um, we will see the return of the Skrull with uh, Ben uh, Mendelsohn reprising his role from Captain Marvel. Um, but this time he is not coming in peace, um, as we said on our Instagram. Um, but basically, you know, it takes place um, after the events of Endgame. Um, and so I would assume the scroll are probably going to play a pretty large role in the next iteration of the MCU, um, whether on television and or in film. Um, because we are we are getting a second Captain Marvel movie, um, oh, which they awesome. yeah, which they announced. But I would assume that's going to. I mean, that makes sense because even I, not being a Marvel guy, when I watched Captain Marvel the first time, I enjoyed it for what it was because I'm not a big cap, obviously not big Marvel, so I don't read Captain Marvel. But I knew the scroll were bad guys, and like the whole movie, they're helping these guys. I'm like, aren't these the motherfuckers that try to kill everybody at some point? So it was very confusing for me being a, a not diehard fan. I actually had to ask some Marvel people. I'm like, did you see the new Captain Marvel? I'm like, why were they helping the bad guys? And they're like, oh, well, they're not bad yet. I'm like, oh, great. So we just, you know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like the U.S. in the 90s with the Taliban. They weren't bad yet. We just helped them out. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, neither here nor there. I'm more excited because it's, it's Samuel L. Jackson. I enjoy his Nick Fury. So we'll see. Um, what else? Uh. Other Marvel, uh, Ironheart uh, is getting a series. Um, and if, for those of you who don't know who Ironheart is, it is the predecessor to Tony Stark, uh, Riri Williams. Um, she dons the, um, the I, I, I hate to say the Iron Man suit because it's not an Iron Man suit. It's For her, it's the Ironheart suit. Um, but she will be the first person to don the armor since Tony Stark's demise in Endgame. Um, it's coming to Disney plus, um, but will ha- she will have a role in a much larger cin- in the cinematic universe as well. Apparently she will be making appearances in other properties as well. Um, but they announced that Dominique Thorne, um, had been cast as Riri Williams. Um, I'm sure Brian's excited for it. I mean, he's obviously very, very excited for anything Iron Man related, a good buddy of ours. Um, I'm interested to see, um, like I said, from what I've read of her and I've talked to people who are in the Marvel universe, they said that she's been more well received than the female Thor was because they made her like more of a natural predecessor. Um, but for my only problem I have with this, with the whole idea of this is, is once again, natural progression or natural continuity. Like Tony Stark has a daughter. Right. Why wouldn't the daughter eventually? And I'm sure she does in some sort of comic or whatever. And I could be just speaking out my ass because I don't know Marvel, but I just think it makes the most sense. Like the daughter would move on and become the next Iron Man, but she's also very young. Still, obviously, some time has to pass um, in the in the MCU for her to become the next one. Um, I think that I mean that doesn't wrap up all the Marvel. That kind of maps wraps up the Marvel that. 
you know, I kind of care about. Obviously, they, they, you know, they talked about the Loki series. They talked about, you know, Winter Soldier, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. They talked about um, uh, WandaVision and all the other stuff and how that's going to play into everything, how Sam Raimi's um, Doctor Strange is going to play into and basically be the catalyst for the events that happened in Spider-Man 3. And they all but announced that Spider-Man 3 is kind of the kickoff film for the next phase of of the MCU. Um, past Doctor Strange's Strange Adventures or whatever they're calling it now. Um, I wish them luck. Yeah, I mean, hey, whatever. It's just going to be 10 more years of fucking Marvel fans telling DC fans how much better their movies are while everything else around it suffers. So it is what it is. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, it's not going to suffer Star Wars. Yes. <laughs> um, so we'll, we'll move on to Star Wars. Um, obviously, hot off her appearance in Mandalorian. It was quite, quite a no-brainer that... Uh, um, Rosaria Dawson will be getting her own series. I don't know what it's going to entail. So from, from my understanding, it, the, the Ahsoka story is going to, at least from if, if rumors are to be believed, um, this is going to be after the events in Star Wars Rebels. Okay. And since you haven't watched it, I, I, I'll try my best not to give too much away. Yeah. Um, but... Um, we're going to see Ahsoka looking for, uh, Anakin. Well, no, well, no, actually she'll be looking for Grand Admiral, uh, Thrawn. Okay. Um, so that's, so that's where we're looking now. There's more to that story. Um, but again, I'll wait for you to get through, through rebels okay. and then we can, we can kind of go, down, you know, kind of go down that path. But, um, yeah, that it also opens the door, at that point for other characters yeah. uh, fr- from the rebels uh, story to, to kind of make their presence. And maybe there's some sort of cross back and forth between them and the Mandalorian uh, uh, show. So um, you never know. Uh, this is going to be in that same timeline of, uh, of events. So um, should be pretty good. And they announced for the Obi-Wan, obviously they announced the Obi-Wan series more in more detail. Um, and they have, um, what's his name coming back to play? Yeah. He's going to be back as Vader, which is, uh, I'm trying to figure out how, you know, like, Hey, you know what? Good for Hayden Christensen, you know, kind of because for years and years and years, he's been taking it on the chin, uh, you know, for, for, how Anakin was portrayed. And I think everybody kind of just came to the realization, like it's not so much him. We know that he can act. It's the story that he was given. So, yeah. uh, but time heals all wounds and, uh, so he's going to come back and he's going to be, so he's going to be Vader. I'm assuming he'll be, you know, a crispy version of Vader, uh, yeah. under the suit. Um, but we'll see. Um, you're also getting Andor, which will be a prequel series to the Rogue One film, which I, like I've said, I said last around the multiverse was my favorite film of the modern, uh, Star Wars releases. Um, well, I, I think that's like, that had come up that they were, that the show was coming. I think this was more of like a, a, a better, like a more in-depth look at what we're going to be getting. Yeah. 
It basically, it basically, they just gave the description of it, basically saying that it's going to be a um, rousing spy thriller. Um, was set uh, Stephen Schiff, the Americans, which was a hit series uh, series writer for or hit series for um, FX, um, was set as the head writer and showrunner. But um, it was revealed in 2020, this past year in April. That Tony Gilroy, who had famously took over Rogue One reshoots, basically wrote and directed an entire new third act, was not only joining the series as the director and writer, but would also become the new showrunner. So it looks like there's some other people like involved. Uh, Tony Gilroy's brother, Dan Gilroy, who wrote Nightcrawler, um, and former House of Cards showrunner, Bue Williamson will also be involved in some way, shape, or form. So there's a lot of hands in the cookie jar with this, but it sounds like it's all pretty good, pretty good I mean, talent. I'm going to watch it, but, like, I think you and I, when, when it came up, it was just like, you know, we've seen him peak. Yeah. Right? We saw him peak. We saw him become the hero that he needed to be, and even that wasn't super impressive. Yeah. Um, because Jin Erso was the, was the focal point of that whole whole movie for well for the most part and then you know shrew Mway, you know the, the blind guy who can use the force or right. it's just sensitive but um i'm gonna watch it uh low expectations yeah so, so we're also getting uh the second announced live action spinoff from the mandalorian um series which is the rangers of the new republic which will set as a sort of a galactic intergalactic police force that was established by the Galactic Republic. Other than that, there is absolutely no details. Literally just a show logo, no no concrete like trailer or anything like that, or casting information at all. So as that develops, we'll come out with more of that. Um, Star Wars The Bad Batch, which we've talked about previously on here, um, which was announced um it says it was announced in December 2020 um, that Bad Batch would be coming, uh, which is the continuation of the series, uh, The Clone Wars. Um, the writer-producer of Clone Wars, Dave uh, Filoni, returns to shepherd this new show, which follows the elite and experimental clones of the Bad Batch that were first introduced in Clone Wars. Um, they take, the story takes place after Clone Wars and finds these characters struggling to adjust to a changing world. Um, I know you're, I know you were excited about that. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm still excited about it. I'm, I'm, we're getting a continuation of clone wars. So for me, this is going to be like, I can't wait till it hits and see where the story goes. Um, especially with these guys, uh, and, uh, the clone trooper fives, uh, because he's part of it. Yeah. Um, so, um, um we're also getting, um, we're also getting an, uh, a new show from the Star Wars universe called The Alkalite, uh, which will take place in a different portion of the timeline other than all the current Star Wars projects. Um, it actually takes place in the final days of the High Republic era, but the story will take viewers into the shadow, shadowy, dark secrets of that time frame and also explore the emerging dark side powers um, within the High Republic era. So you Probably get introduced to the way of the Sith and the Acolyte is what it sounds like. Yeah. Um, um, and it'll be led by a female character. That's pretty much all they gave us. That's fine. Uh, I, 
you know, there's a lot of stuff with uh, with the old Republic that I think, you know, for most Star Wars fans, that's kind of what we, we want to see. So maybe if the High Republic does well, uh, maybe we'll get some old Republic uh, stuff come, you know, yeah, in the road. But I'm looking forward to that, too. Uh, and, you know, it's Star Wars, man. And and like a, a, a lot of the conversations uh, with any of this stuff, be it Marvel or DC or, or I'm not Marvel or DC, but Marvel or um, or Star Wars, you know, people are like, oh, there's so much. There's just so much. It's going to saturate the market. And, yeah, you know, but people, it's not. It's not. It's it's you're getting three series a year, basically. Yeah. And you're getting different. It's all different stuff. You know what I mean? Like you you can be a fan of the the animated shows and not watch any of the other stuff and, and be content. Or you can be a fan of, you know, of the just the Mandalorian. And you're like, oh, well, I saw Ahsoka on that. So I'm going to watch that show. Without ever tuning in to anything and knowing else. anything about her, yeah. Um, so, you know, you're. I don't feel like it's oversaturating the market. People are always going to complain. I'm looking at it as like, hey, we're getting a crap ton of Star Wars. But stuff, just, so. just think, it's 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 really quarterly releases. I mean, you're getting eight weeks per show, probably if they follow the Mandalorian script and only give you eight episodes. <clears throat> it doesn't make sense. Like, why wouldn't they take advantage of it. And everybody's been complaining that like, oh, Mandalorian season's so short. Well, when Mandalorian ends, then you get the next show. And then when that show ends, you get the next show. And by the time that show ends, you get another season of Mandalorian. So what are you going to complain about? You know what I mean? Like, it is what it is. Um, so, um, and then last but not least, they uh, announced Lando, which will be directed by Justin um, Simon, Seaman, Simon, S-I-M-I-E-N. Uh, the creator of Dear White People, which which I believe was a Netflix original, um, is in the early stage of development of a limited series about Lando um, Calrissian. Um, no mention was made of Donald Glover, who played Lando in the solo film. So we don't know if he's actually coming back or not. Um, but I didn't see Solo. That I can I can honestly say as a as a a casual star wars fan that was not a film that i was interested in yeah uh first run through watching it i was not uh i wasn't thrilled um i went back i watched it again and uh once i got past so for me the biggest thing holding me back was it's not harrison ford and i know you can't make it harrison ford mm. you know he he's you know 70 years old or whatever. I don't know how old. But like we said, I wouldn't mind a Sebastian Stan Luke Skywalker show because I think he kind of looks like Mark. Yeah. And that was the thing with like the guy who they chose. Like, I don't think that he looked at all. No. Like a young Harrison Ford. You could have even made him look like a young, um, what's his name? Uh, Kylo Ren. Who's the guy that plays Kylo Ren? Uh, Adam Driver. Yeah. You could have made him look like a young Adam Driver because then that would have made sense that why Adam Driver looks like that. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, right. we know Han is much older in the current film, so he's not going to look like Adam. He's going to look like an older, much, much older version of Adam. But Adam looked 
you know, you could make him look like the, the younger version of him look like Adam and it made whatever. It would have made more sense. That was yeah. like, I agree with you. That was part of the reason, but I also just didn't see the need for that movie. It just didn't, it didn't do anything. Like, well, Han Solo, you know, he's obviously he's a fan favorite, you know, and um, when it was first announced, like, I was, uh, I was excited. And then, you know, you, you're always told never judge a book by its cover, but you, your, your mate, your lead actor, the guy playing Han Solo, this character yeah. you are fan of, you see it and you're like, yeah, he, just immediately you go, yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't resemble Han Solo at all. And, and that kind of takes away from it. It's too much of a distraction. But again, I went back, I rewatched it. Not as bad the, the second time through. Um, Maybe it's one of those ones that like it being free on Disney plus will change my opinion of it. Cause like I said, I didn't pay for birds of prey in theaters and I thought it was a good movie watching it at home. I just didn't think it was a great movie. And if I had to pay $20 to see it, I probably wouldn't have been as appreciative of of the film as I was watching it for free on HBO max. That's worth a watch. Um, But that kind of wraps up the star Wars uh, portion of the investors meeting. Uh, Obviously a lot there. Oh no, it doesn't rogue squadron. Uh, That's a big one for us because director Patty Jenkins from wonder woman fame uh, will be bringing her per in her words, her perfect fighter pilot film interpretation um, to life with the star Wars rogue squadron. So other than that, no real details announced, no like casting or anything. So it'd be interesting to see where that runs um, or ends up going to. Um, And just to remind me when we get done this Disney thing, we're going to talk about wonder woman real quick because that comes out um, next week. And I wanted to hit on some of the stuff that's been being said about the film. Um, more locally for us. Um, so we're going to dive into more, uh, more of the Disney news. So Disney originals, uh, you will be getting television shows for big hero six, uh, titled Baymax, uh, Zootopia plus, uh, Tiana, which is a princess from princess and the frog. And then obviously Moana will all be getting their own standalone television shows on the Disney plus network or Disney plus streaming service. Um, for a dad like me, whose daughter absolutely loves all of the Disney properties to include those four. It's a big deal for her. When I told her she got really excited. Um, she didn't quite understand. She's got to wait a couple of years. So I'll be hearing about these four series for the next year of when they're going to come out or not. Um, but I'm excited for it. It'll be interesting to see if they bring back the actual casts. I can't imagine The Rock doing voiceover work for a television show. Yeah, I mean, he's got a lot going on. Yeah. If we're not get, you know, especially if we can't get him for uh, to wrestle match at yeah. uh, Mania, I don't think he's going to be doing voiceover work for, yeah. uh, for a TV show. But who the hell knows? They got a lot of money. Maybe they're throwing it around. Um, they also announced the return of... Uh, Emilio Estevan and Lauren Graham for their roles in the Mighty Ducks franchise. Uh, they will be coming out with an original series, the Mighty Ducks Game Changers, which if you really think about it, it works. Why the Mighty Ducks haven't been rebooted previously to this point is very surprising to me because, like, I get it. We all had our favorites in the original series. You know, I mean, everybody had, you know, the Bash Brothers, whatever. You had your kids, the kid that you were attached to on that team. But as adults, we've grown up. Like, our kids could have had a whole other generation of kids. You know what I mean? 
So like, it, it's interesting to see that we haven't had one to this point, but it is pretty cool that all the original adults from the series are going to come back and reprise their roles as coaches or, you know, whatever their, their, their previous roles were. Right. Um, and I know a lot of people were, were obviously excited about that. Um, Lucas Films announced that Harrison Ford would be reprising his role as Indiana Jones one more time, one final time, I should say. Um, Production is supposed to start in late uh, spring of 2021, and they're looking for a theatrical release in July of 2022. Um, So, shit, I mean, the old man... Oh man, still got it. Why not let him shred it out there one last time? But I would, I would make the assumption that we are going to see a passing of the guard in this movie and probably a spinoff franchise as a result. Um, that's just my, my thoughts and feelings on that. Yeah. Um, that's, that's fun. I mean, I, I love the Indiana Jones stories. I, I think that it is time for, uh, for Harrison Ford, uh, to hang up the whip and the hat and, but to you officially know. pass the title on. Because they tried to do one without him and it didn't do well. Right. Right. And like if he if he gives the okay, kind of like he did in Star Wars with Kylo Ren in a sense. You know what I mean? Like right. allowing Kylo Ren to put that saber through him kind of pushed Kylo Ren over the edge of fandom for some for some people. Um and then uh I guess kind of the last little bit of news, not really f- Disney-esque related, but Disney owns Fox and FX and stuff now. Um, they announced as a part of the investors meeting that we would be treated to a new original alien series directed by Fargo and Legion creator Noah Hawley. Um, and it takes place in the near future and it is set on earth. So like, obviously we got Prometheus and, um, the sequel to that, which was like the prequel to aliens. Um, and tremendous, tremendous, series a lot of people gave it a lot of shit but i enjoyed prometheus for what it was but um that didn't take place on earth alien in and of itself the series the the movies franchise never takes place on earth so this is going to be interesting to see like like how do they do this like is this going to be another prequel is this going to be another or, or like a different you know timeline or like how how are we going to do this um and it, for it to be an ongoing television series is actually pretty cool because unlike movies where we got to wait years to get you know sequels you're only gonna have to probably wait a calendar year to get through you know a season and then get your next fix for it if it is a good show which i think it'll be um fx has put out some pretty good stuff in the recent future uh recent history um and i don't expect really anything less especially if disney's going to be backing it financially right um, no word on Predator though. Still waiting on Predator. Let's see if that uh that uh picks up or not. Um, but that that about wraps up our Disney, Marvel, Lucas Films, Star Wars, whatever investor meeting news. Um, I th- I'm excited for it. It's for all of the stuff like even being a DC and diehard Warner Brothers kind of stand. I'm still excited about all that stuff. I think that stuff is necessary to keep the keep the culture happy and keep everybody alive, um, especially during these crazy times. Yep. Um, 
So we'll move on. Let's blow through this HBO Max news um, and Warner Brothers news, and then we'll talk uh, real quick. Wonder Woman. Uh, official release date for Mortal Kombat, both theatrically and on HBO Max, will be April 16th of 2021. Uh, we talked about that a little bit last um, issue and how we neither of us knew they even made a new live-action Mortal Kombat. Um, but it is coming to us in April, so we'll get to know more about it sooner rather than later. Um, it was also announced that the Snyder Cut would be moving to the fall of 2021 instead of the spring, like originally announced. Um, they are about 75% done their edits for the Snyder Cut. Uh, obviously, we know it's coming out in a four-part HBO Max series instead of as a singular movie. And this um, the series will carry a rated R rating because of apparently an increase in Steppenwolf's violence in some scenes, some graphic scenes that involve Ray Fisher as Cyborg, and then apparently the one scene where Batman drops a whole bunch of F-bombs pushed it over the edge. So Batman saying the F-word apparently was just too much for the rating system to handle. Um, I don't care. This this movie isn't made for kids. It's made for us. Yeah. Um, and then last but not least, as far as Warner Brothers um, CW news, uh, we are going to talk about um, Supernatural in a very soon issue of this Around the Multiverse um, series. Um, but I'm still working through. I'm officially halfway through season 13, so I'm almost finished. Um, but on the heels of the end of Supernatural, it did not take CW long to put uh, one of their favorite leads back to work. Uh, Jared Pilecki, uh, Padalecki is officially Walker, Texas Ranger, um, and the reboot from that starts, I believe, in January or February. I'm pretty sure it's January. Um, yes. Yeah, I mean, it's fun. Uh, you know, here's, here's the one thing that I need. If he doesn't do a spinning roundhouse kick at any time, like, or actually it has to be every episode. He has to do at least one spinning roundhouse kick. If he does not, he is not Walker to me. (laughs) And, 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 you know, here's, I, I loved the original Walker, Texas Ranger. Like that was something that my dad and I would sit down and watch. Like, you know, like my dad had his, his routine. And like, one of those things was like, we would sit down and we will watch Walker, Texas Ranger. Like that was, that was our thing. So I have a, I have an appreciation for the original show. Um, you know, Jared Padalecki, he's been one of my favorite people, uh, you know, over the last 15, 16 years, uh, with, uh, with supernatural. The only thing, the only thing that bothers me about Jared taking on this role is that every time I see him in a cowboy hat, I'm going to think back to the episode where him and Dean went back in time to, to like, like <laughs> the Wild West era. And they were all, they just got made fun of the whole time because of like what they were wearing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Like you said, I remember watching Walker, Texas Ranger before America's Most Wanted growing up with my mom and my dad, you know, that, that was always like kind of in the same time frame of television, we would watch that, then watch America's Most Wanted, and then if I made the mistake of staying up past that, I always, you know, got treated to Tales from the Crypt. Um, but like I said, it's one of those things. Like <clears throat> I'm, I'm glad to see him back in a lead role in another series. Um, but obviously, when we talk about the boys, um, it's not like Jason Eccles is like unemployed and 
living in a oh, shoebox. Yeah. He's obviously moved on to to working in um, on that series um, as well. Um, but that kind of wraps up that. Let's let's do this real. Let me do this real quick rant on um, Wonder Woman. Um, okay. So uh, Wonder Woman eighty four comes out next week. As a DC fan, myself and Charlie, and we had we actually had a pretty pretty detailed conversation about this very topic um, yesterday through uh, messages. Um, but you know, we we had somebody in our group that we we host basically get on and say, hey, I saw, you know, I got to see a free preview or a paid preview or whatever of Wonder Woman 84 tonight. Uh, I don't suggest you go out and spend your money on this movie. Um, and I get it, it. You're in the midst of a pandemic. You're looking out for your fellow nerd and you're trying to help them save money or whatever. But like a lot of people who got on that post of that guy that of that guy's post and comment it in our group, basically telling him like, nah, man, I'm gonna go spend my money on something that I've been looking forward to since June. Because that's when we all were originally slated to see this movie was in the summer of 2020. But unfortunately the pandemic kind of took that away from us. I mean now we're also being very gifted by Warner Brothers, basically the ability to see this movie for free. Yes, I pay the 12 bucks a month or whatever it is for HBO Max. But my whole family can sit down in the basement on our, our 65-inch television in the dark and watch this movie just like we're in a movie theater um, with surround sound. But my thing is, is that person getting on our page, and then we got to, like, he's like, well, I can't give you the reasons why. Because I saw you ask him, like, do you mind without, like, going into too much detail why you didn't like it? And he basically said, like, not enough action. The story wasn't very good. This, that, and a third. And I'm like, as I'm reading that, and then he made a comment about, like, his favorite DC movies. And he's like, well, I really enjoyed the first Wonder Woman, which was a lot of action and a lot of explosions. It really was. And then he said he liked Aquaman, which was just fucking out of this world grandeur. That's all Aquaman was. Like, if you went and saw Aquaman in theater and weren't mind blown by what you were watching visually in front of you, like, you weren't in the same theater as everybody else. And then he named, what he named, the new Harley Quinn movie and then something else. And I sent you and I sent another guy that was on that thread that I talked to regularly. I, I basically said to him, like, I bet, you his favorite, I bet you his favorite two movies are Bad Boys and Transformers by Michael Bay. Because he just, he just admitted, like, he doesn't give a shit that whether the, the movie was actually, cinemagraphically was good. He just cares if there's more, more explosions. Because he didn't even really hit on the story while the story was bad. He's like, oh, well, it's a bad, bad guy. Maxwell Lord? Yeah, he's not, a, he's not fucking Ares. He's, you know, no. but, but, you, but you're getting... F- yeah, but you're getting fucking Cheetah and Maxwell Lord. That's fantastic. Well, I haven't yeah. seen it. He's seen it, so he has his opinions on it. My problem is, is this the same shit that I have an issue with Rotten Tomato? And if you're the type of listener who loves reviews, I am never going to get on here and tell you not to go and view something. Because somebody got paid to make that movie. Somebody, some, it's somebody's work that they're proud of. And I'm not going to get on here. Now... Three weeks from now, after Wonder Woman's out and people have had the time to di- digest it and go see it, watch it on HBO Max, however you consume it, we'll talk about it and we'll give our honest opinion on it. But I'm going to tell you whether or not I think it's certified awesome or if it's just average. Because nothing's terrible. I mean, there's some, there's some bad fucking movies. But, yeah. but you know, as bad as, as George Clooney's Batman is, I can watch that movie. I can sit down and laugh my way through it. I went and saw that motherfucker in theaters. That's how, that's how dedicated I am to the Bat brand. I went and saw it again, like, on a re-release, on anniversary. Like, I cared enough to go and see it because, yes, is it fucking bad? 
Absolutely. Nobody's going to argue that it's probably the worst Batman live incarnation we've ever had. But it's not, it's not like fucking unbearably bad to watch. Like you can go there and laugh at Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like you can have fun with that movie. But my thing is, is like, he's like, I was expecting so much more. I was doing this, that, and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, damn, dude. I'm like, well, where, where were you expecting? Like a fucking Oscar winning performance? It's a fucking movie that's catered to children so they can make toys. That's what, that's what all these superhero movies are. And you have butthurt adults who go into a theater and they're like, oh my God, I can't believe the acting is subpar in this movie. My fucking three-year-old does not give a shit about the story. You know what she, she cares about? She's going to see Wonder Woman in that golden armor, and that's all I'm going to fucking hear about till October when she's Wonder Woman in golden armor. Right. Or that, like, is like, oh, well, you know, it's like some of the stuff looked fake, and I'm just like, <laughs> it's, a, it's a movie. Like, it's a, it's, it's a comic book movie. Like, I don't know, and maybe I'm just misinterpreting, right? You know, yeah. and I, I always, I always, I always want to give people benefit of the doubt, right? But I'm like, it's it it is fake. <laughs> it's not actually happening. You know what I mean? Like, uh, all right. Well, is not you know actually going to stab people through the chest. It's, <laughs> uh, but hey, you know what? Uh, to each their own. You know, for for you know, like like the analogy or the, the the anecdote you were using with uh, you know, like Batman and Robin, right? To you, it's it's the worst Batman movie. To ever be made, right? Yeah. But to somebody, it is the greatest version of Batman that yep. they've ever seen, and and that's okay. Like, like, like we were talking about with Ambrosia, right? It was, you know, a fan is a fan. Like, it doesn't matter, you know, what type of fan you are. It's just the the best comment. The best comment on that thread was, I don't think I need you to tell me I'm. I don't think I need you to tell me how or that I'm going to waste my money or something, but thanks. Like basically just being like, nobody asked you like to come on and say this. Like you took it upon yourself to try and like save the masses. But when 90% of us are going to fucking watch it on HBO max to begin with for, for, right. for free, including in our, in our services, I'm going to go to the theaters and watch it. Cause I want to see it in IMAX. That's just my opinion. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the time at like 11 a.m. Like when I I don't think anybody's gonna be at the theaters one day. And I'm gonna go over there by myself and watch it because like I'm not gonna obviously take my wife and my daughter and you know obviously expose them potentially. But I am going to go and follow safety precautions and do the things I do because I want to see this. This is a movie I've wanted to see. I really really enjoyed the original Wonder Woman, the first one. I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was probably the most well done movie of the current DC universe to include Aquaman and to include BVS and justice league and all the Harley Quinn and suicide squad bullshit, all of it. I think it's the most well-rounded film. What they give us in the sequel is yet to be seen. Cause obviously it's not out yet. Um, but we'll see, like I said, but I'm like, I agree with that commenter. I'm not going to allow you to persuade me. I don't allow Rotten Tomato to persuade me. I still think BVS is, is one of the best DC superhero movies ever made. And a lot of people fucking hate it. And I thought it only got significantly better with the director's cut. I saw BVS in theaters seven times opening weekend. Seven fucking times I went and saw that movie. So you, nobody in this world can tell me that I didn't enjoy that movie because I, I literally, even on the seventh time I went and was fucking ex- excited as I was seeing it the first time. And when I got the director's cut like six months later, the questions I had 
or the things I thought was wrong with it were all fixed. They were all alleviated. And like you said, that movie was not made for your kids. It was not made for the casual fan to go in and watch BVS. Be like, all right, that was a great movie. That movie was made for guys like me, whether you like it or not. I don't give a shit. It was made for a guy like me who reads all the comics, watches all the shows, knows all the characters, and understands the backstory. And intellectually, I was smart enough to not get bothered by one scene where a word was uttered and it changed the course of the direction of the story. That right. didn't bother me. But it didn't seem to, it, that, doesn't, that shit didn't seem to knock anybody four months later during Civil War when Bucky is all of a sudden buddy-buddy with Tony Stark and then all of a sudden he mentions his mom's name or dad's name and he's like, wait, wait, you're the one that killed my parents? And then now they're fighting again. It was just the fucking opposite. Nobody, nobody connected those dots. I was, I literally, I sat in the theater fucking furious. One, because we had to go to a second theater. Our, my Civil War viewing experience was awful. Theater caught out halfway through. I had to go to a different theater to finish the movie. Um, but I literally left that movie theater and I looked at my wife because she was with me. And I said to her, I said, that's the same fucking plot twist that BVS used that got destroyed for the last six months. And she was like, yeah, I noticed that too. And she's not a superhero person. She even noticed it. She was like, that was, that was equally, if not as bad, if not worse than BVS's. Because at least BVS's put the heroes together. Civil War divided them with just that one sentence or that one little memory glip of, of Bucky realizing, oh shit, I was the one that killed the Starks. And then he reveals that to Tony and then him and Tony are fighting. It's a good plot point. I don't think either plot point was bad, but the way Marvel fans get on DC fans for that, Martha, well, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't even realize that your mother shared the same first name. So for me as a DC fan, one, I had to look that up to make sure it was true. And it is two. I was like, holy fuck. I'm like, coincidence or not, that, that would probably stop Bruce in his tracks. We all know that that's his kryptonite. Like that's his, his catalyst and why he does his things he's doing. Obviously, Bruce, he knows he's Bruce Wayne, but he doesn't probably doesn't know much about him. For him to say, Martha, why in that moment of your death are you potentially about to die, Superman, are you going to say Bruce's mom's name? You know what I mean? It doesn't make any sense. Right. But whatever. Um, so let's get off this soapbox. I could talk all fucking day about the, the stupid-ass DC MCU um, battle, but, um, so yeah, so we'll, uh, we'll dive right in. Let's go Mandalorian. Um, I thought last episode was great. I love fucking Bill Burr. He is absolutely one of my favorite comedians. Um, so him as a series, I guess, semi-regular, he obviously was involved in an episode in season one and now came back for season two. Who did he kill? Um, you, you're probably better off at explaining. It was just, it was just one of like, so Basically, he the guy that he was that uh, he killed was uh, was like a, a commander that's, um, that's, of one of his previous units. Yeah, like he used to serve in the imperial uh, imperial army. Yeah, and then uh, you know this guy, you know, he had led all his him and his buddies, and he, that's what he was doing. He was basically just going like, "Yeah, you let us in there, you let us all die, and you didn't care what happened, and like something just snapped." in him and you know what you, you, you like you know regardless of uh you know what he did in a in the previous life as as a as an imperial soldier like just thinking about it from a soldier standpoint like 
and and I think this is something that that can translate across borders, right? Like, you know, yeah, I was a, I was a U.S. Army uh, soldier, and uh, for anybody who can put on a uniform in defense of their country, like there's a mutual respect there yeah. for the, you know, now if you're a fucking Taliban or some of one of those bullshits that don't have a flag to fight for, right. That you're, you're just bringing chaos to the world. Like, you know, you guys can eat shit, but, um, to, to anybody who serves their country, I think every soldier can look at that another soldier and go, I, I, I have a mutual respect for you. I will kill you. Yeah. If you, if we're put against one another, or I'll stand right beside you and I will take a bullet for you if we're fighting for the same cause. Um, so in this instance, you know, you're you're looking at it from a from a if I'm if you're looking at it through the soldier's eyes, right? You have a commander who just leads your 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 fellow uh, brothers and sisters into a situation where they just get mowed down and died. And, uh, you know, you're going to carry that around with you and yeah. for him to just, um, carry that burden around. Like it had to be something where when he took him out, like that burden was finally lifted off his shoulders. It, of course it caused all sorts of mayhem and it was yeah. not too clean, but, uh, I thought that that, that just that aspect of the story, I thought that that was really well done. Yeah. And I think the whole, the whole ish, the whole episode was great at reestablishing Mando's dominance in the universe because obviously we're used to Mando basically being impervious to everything. Like his armor, basically nothing can penetrate it. So like he, he basically can stand in, in the line of fire blasters. He's super accurate. He's got his gauntlet that has all these bells and whistles in it. But in this episode, he strips down into basically Imperium, Imperial soldier armor, and he's got none of his toys. And he basically still goes on the top of that moving, you know, freight cart and fucking just dominates for... Oh, yeah. That was a freaking amazing, like, what he was doing. He's just, like, you know, doing the best he can. And, like, he had the blaster. Then he had to, like, just... uh Take everything, take whatever he could, and and yeah. fight back. What, um, like I said, I thought that was such a great, great episode of reestablishing who Mando is, and and proving to everybody that's around him why they are following him. And like, obviously, they get into the thing, and like, he he makes the sacrifice. He walks over and he takes his helmet off, which we like. Charlie reminded me that he did it in season one. Up until now, in season two, he had, he had never done that. So that was, right. you know, this is the second time that Mando has revealed his face. And like Bill Burr said, like, I'm not going to tell nobody who you are. You know what I mean? Right. Kind of thing. And like, but it was one of those, those moments where like, you'll remember this episode, not just for the firefight, but because Mando took his helmet off. Um, but obviously the big thing is that they, at the end, basically when he sends the, <laughs> he sends the mess message to Moth Gideon, basically like, Either you're gonna give me back what belongs to me, or I'm gonna come and fucking take it from you. It was it was it was like Liam Neeson, uh, you know, uh, who who has Star Wars ties, right? With with being Qui Gon Jinn, but uh, you know, it, and taken like I will find you and I will kill you. Yeah, you know, and and obviously right now, like it's pretty cool to see the little band of misfits that that Mando has put together in in, in terms of like he's got Boba Fett in his back pocket he's got uh what's her name who's who's with boba fett uh 
Ortiz. The sharpshooter. I'm just going to yeah, uh, yeah. And then he's got, and then obviously he's got his, his, his band of, uh, of, of rebels that, that follow him. So like, it's pretty cool. Like to see he's, he's slowly, but surely assembling a team that can probably just within the, the five or six of them, take down the entire Imperial empire. Um, but like, like you said, you know, they're, they're flying away and, uh, fucking, he shoots the fucking, the, uh, Bill Burr's character shoots the fucking gas tank and destroys the whole base. I'm like, this show thinks about everything. Cause I was like, well, they're just going to fucking leave the base is still operational. They're still getting to use the planet's resources, you know? And then, nope, sorry. That's fucking gone. Um, another good episode. Uh, I'm looking forward to Mars drop and, uh, seeing what they give us. But, um, Obviously, keep watching it until they stop making it at this point. Um, so uh, let's get into, we'll wrap up last 15. We'll do uh, a little bit of uh, the boys breakdown. We'll probably, we could probably do this in the, in the, in the two parts, do a, do a little bit more on another issue too. But um, I thought season two was better than season one. A lot of people disagree with me on that, but I thought story-wise, it progressed a lot slower than season... Like, season one was like a fucking flash. Like, it was here and gone the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, with them dropping week to week, doing what Mando and everybody else is now doing with their original series, I think that helped extend the story. But obviously, you got to watch it in one swoop run. Yep. But Yeah, I watched, I watched both seasons all the way through. Yeah. Um, so my thing is, is I liked, I liked the... the, the the story development between Butcher and his ex, and then obviously his ex and, um, um, sorry, Ryan. Oh, yeah. uh, are you talking about, uh, Homelander? Sorry. Yes. And I, and I enjoyed the dynamic. Like we ultimately knew it was going to be Homelander versus Butcher over the fate of this kid, regardless of what the mom wanted. We knew at some point that they were going to be pitted against each other. And they did a really good job of making you believe that the mother couldn't prevent Homelander from doing whatever he wanted. Ultimately, she doesn't. But at the same time, she kind of did. By getting Butcher and the guys back involved, it kind of allowed, you know, for basically the demise of the Seven, demise of Homelander, um, obviously, you know, we get, you know, Billy, uh, butcher and his crew basically slowly, but surely, I don't want to say dismantling because like, obviously, you know, the, the, the show has all of its, its heroes, but like, obviously black noir dies. Um, they, um, get rid of, um, what's his name? The, well, did did he die though? Because like, so they don't really like, they don't really say if he died or not. But they basically I, they basically that, write him off, and they're they're basically saying they need to find a replacement for him. Yeah, because that was uh that part was hilarious to me. Yeah, like because, and and also uh, side note, you know, uh, during that time uh, that we're watching this, like uh, Charlie had come down, uh, my oldest, he had come down, and. Uh, He's like, who's that guy? And you know, I'm try- like, he hasn't watched any of the show. He just happened to be coming through the room, and uh, I was like, his name's Black Noir, and, and uh, he's like, so like, what is he? And uh, Nikki goes, he's like a he's like a souped up uh, Snake Eyes. 
Yeah, and I was like, I mean that that makes. I can't be more impressed with you right now with that analogy <laughs> than anything else. Like the fact that she pulled like snake eyes like out of nowhere, uh, and like without even like hesitation, like uh, you know, I, I'm going on the record right now uh, to go. I was super impressed. <laughs> yeah, and then obviously you get you know a train is being replaced in the seven because he's, he can't, he can't control his powers anymore and he's losing a lot of his abilities. Um, the deep's already been exiled because of all the, the allegations of sexual misconduct, which is kind of funny because it, it does fall into the same realm of like modern, you know, cancel culture, which was, which was funny. Um, they're, like I said, they, they do a really good job of dismantling the seven and making yeah. it like, like creating the chinks in the armor. So obviously the seven and vault and, and industries basically tries to do this like reimagination of the seven. And that's how they bring in Stormfront, who um, is a female character. Um, she technically has like, she's basically like Storm from X-Men. But that, I mean, obviously we find out much later in the season of season two, that's not what her powers actually were. Um, she's actually a former wife of a Nazi general. So she and of herself is a Nazi. Um, she used to be uh, Liberty, uh, which basically she was the first person that Compound V was used on and worked on. Um, and gave her her powers or whatever. So she's kind of like the mother of superheroes. Um, but like I said, she she basically goes through, she does things her way. Um, she's clearly equally as powerful as Homelander um, and has, you know, you know, basically impervious skin. She's got, you know, healing. Like she's she's basically like a Superman just in a woman's body. Right. Um, but by the end of the season, we find out that she does, unfortunately, have some weaknesses. <laughs> yeah. um, and we find it out by basically at the end of the season, um, she's getting ready to kill um, Butcher's ex, Rebecca. which Rebecca and Ryan is obviously there, her son, um, Homelander's son. He has abilities. He knows he has abilities. He doesn't know really how to control them or use them. Um, and in a fit of anger and, you know, fear of his mother's life, he basically shoots a, a laser beam blast at Stormfront and fucking obliterates her um, to the point she looks like a crispy chicken tender on the side of the, you know, the, the forest. <laughs> but in doing so, when she does that, because Homelander had his mom by the throat, she basically ripped her throat out. And Rebecca ends up dying, which kind of turns Billy into a fit of rage. But then I think Billy realizes like, if he doesn't take this kid in and raise him to do the right things, then he's going to go with Homelander and become a fucking monster. Um, well, then, then he also had the, you know, the, the promise of, you know, looking out for him, right? Like yeah. that was her dying wish is to look out for him. And so, um, you know, you, you kind of, you get it, but like he goes under the, uh, the care of, uh, Mallory and, you know, you still got Billy and everybody else, um, kind of like finding their footing. Everybody's free to go. Uh, you, um, so I'm, I'm curious to see where season three goes. Well, they also had, we had the issue of, 
you know, obviously the Senate was trying to pass whether or not, and Vault was fighting extensively for whether or not superheroes would become a part of the, the military and the yeah. U.S. government, basically. And there was a lot of senators against it, and they hit on that early in the season. Basically, they have like a hearing on it, and all these people's heads start fucking exploding. And nobody can... As I say, yeah, I um, that was a that was a huge part, and it and then at the very end where yes. uh, you realize why they were exploding, you're like, didn't see that coming. Yeah, and obviously, um, but you know, like even like people like when obviously the the boys they were working with the the, the deputy director of the CIA who, um, basically, you know, she's explaining like there's something going on to why, um, you know, she, there, there's something going on greater than any of them understand to why like vault wants to be, you know, involved in such a, all this stuff. Um, and then obviously the Congress woman, um, Vic Newman or Victoria Newman, um, she publicly opposes vault. Um, but she's also a soup who secretly uses her powers to assassinate people who speak out against Vault. So she's like a double agent for the government, uh, for Vault inside the government. So like when all these heads are exploding at this this rally, she actually gets like rushed away because they're afraid she's going to be attacked because she's the most outspoken against Vault. But like Charlie said, we find out at the end that she's actually the one that has the ability to blow people's brains off out of their skull using her mind because she does it to the leader of the church of the collective who is an active like activist against vault industries because he wants to, he's basically trying to create like a school or church of heroes that worship him and he can get them to do whatever they want him to do because that's where the deep and a train go. And eventually the deep and a train both leave because a train gets invited back to the seven and then obviously the deep realizes like, you're doing nothing for me. You're getting all the publicity of having the deep on your, in your church. And you're making me do all this crazy shit, like marry this woman I've never been with, or I don't care for or whatever. And like, he basically like, he walks out at the end. And then obviously the leader of the church at the end gets his head blown off by, you know, Newman. And like you said, though, it'll be very interesting to, interesting to see with everybody kind of going their separate ways and being kind of like, okay. in kosher with everything you still, Homelander's still out there, you know, still doing his thing. And it's not like, you know, Billy Butcher can just go be, you know, by himself. Like, Homelander's going to be looking for his son. Um, but obviously, Homelander is now kind of, he's kind of on his own, too, because he takes out all those men at the end. Right. Um, were they military or were they, they were vault, weren't they? Uh, I'm pretty sure they were vault, yeah. Yeah, so he basically takes out his own company's guys. But yeah, I thought season two was great. The action's fucking awesome. The comedy is obviously as good as it was in season one. Um, it's definitely a hit for them, and I can see why they're going to do that Invincible cartoon or animated show, um, because they can do the same thing just in animation, which will probably be a lot more cost-effective um, in the long run than what they're doing with the boys. But it's already been... Um, it's already been... Um, renewed for season three. Um, like we said earlier, talking about Walker, uh, with, uh, Jared, uh, Padalecki, uh, Jason Eccles will be, um, Jensen Eccles. Jensen, sorry, I keep saying Jason. Um, Jensen Eccles will be, um, 
He will be uh, shit. What's his character's name? Soldier Boy, from what I remember reading. Yes. So apparently, he has ties in some way, shape, or form to um, Stormfront slash Liberty. Um, I don't, and obviously, um, I don't know much. I haven't read the comic book for the boys. Um, I I've keep meaning to to pick that up and read it, but um, I did do some a little bit of homework on it that said um, basically that uh, Soldier. Um, that uh, Liberty actually was a male in the comics, um, and she she was a she was a Nazi Superman essentially in the comic book, and that's how she was portrayed. But obviously, in the show, they went with a female and gave her a semi different backstory. Um, but uh, yeah, so I'm I'm excited. Um, um, I, like I said, I'm excited to see um, Eccles. Um, in a superhero role, I've always thought he would make a very good, um, you know, Jason Todd or whatever, because obviously he voiced Jason Todd and yeah. under the red hood. But, um, what were your thoughts on, on the, I guess both seasons since you watched them both, uh, you know, yeah. concurrently. I enjoyed it, man. Like for, for what it was, you know, and you know, you get the, the little digs, you get the, uh, you know, like at, uh, at superhero fandom culture, you know, uh, you, so there was a number of things I enjoyed about it, though, right? I liked the um, the the way that they, like everything was uh, everything was portrayed. You know, you 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 quickly realize like which characters get behind. Uh, they made every character's screen time. Uh, you know, there was no waste in motion, and and that, I guess that was like one of the biggest things. Like everything that happened on screen you were you were into the entire time um you can definitely tell it's an eric kripke show um because you know like same thing with like supernatural right like you know um a lot of the stuff the way that things were done like you can definitely tell that it has his fingerprints all over it um down to you know the music being played in the background um so um you know, I'm going to definitely keep watching, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of like, um, uh, the best of both worlds for me, right? Like where I can get my superhero stuff, but I can also get some of that, uh, weird, uh, sci-fi government conspiracy. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Um, so, and, and it's got a lot of cool people, uh, or, not so much cool people, but a, a lot of great, uh, the people that they have playing the characters, um, like, you know, I, I couldn't point them out to you from any other shows. So, um, but they, but they, but they work. Yeah. So know? the, the one that, that obviously Homelander, um, let me see who is playing him exactly. Cause so the guy playing Homelander is actually, um, I so I was I watched that whole first season and I'm like, God, this guy's fucking great. Like he's great in this role. Like I wonder what else he's been in. I watched all five seasons of Banshee on Cinemax and didn't even realize it's the same guy from Banshee. Um who, who plays the lead in that. And Banshee's if you have not watched Banshee, it's a it's a show about a, um, a diamond, basically a, a master thief 
um, him and his his fiance slash wife at the time she's pregnant, but they're they're basically doing their last big heist. They're trying to steal this like million dollar diamond, a couple million dollar, whatever. And he ends up they end up getting caught. Well, he gives her the diamond and gets her out of out of Dodge and he takes the rap for it and goes to jail. Well, he gets out of jail like five, like, like 10 or 15 years later. And she's living in a small town called Banshee Pen- in Banshee, Pennsylvania, which I don't, I didn't really look into whether it's real or not, but he's coming into town. He's at a, like a little podunk bar outside the town. And a guy comes in, holds up the bar Well, he kills a guy. The, the guy, the guy holding up the bar ends up killing this guy. Who's a police officer. And, Basically, Anthony Starr's character um, ends up um, killing the guy who killed the cop. And then the bartender basically is like, you know, you saved my life. I won't say nothing if you won't say. Who's the guy you killed? He's like, oh, that's the new sheriff. Nobody's met him. He literally just got into town. So basically what he ends up doing is he takes the guy's identity and he becomes the sheriff. Um, And it basically shows, goes through that, that, that show basically starts with him becoming the sheriff of the town. But the town's crooked all to hell. Like the guy who, you know, basically owns the town is a, a massive drug dealer. He's Amish. It's fucking it's the wildest show you'll ever fucking watch. If you have if you have some time to burn and you want a good good show to watch, that's a fucking phenomenal show. Um but I was like, I watched that whole first season of fucking of um of um of Banshee and I'm like watching the boys. I'm like, I have no idea who this guy is, but man, he's fucking great. And then I find out who he is. I was like, are you fucking serious? But <laughs> yeah, it was good, man. Um, but yeah, like I said, I like him. Um, obviously everybody knows, um, uh, what's his name? Um, fuck. I'm, I'm, I'm blanking on the name. Of course. Oh, Carl Urban playing Billy butcher. I mean, he's obviously the, the, the biggest, uh, the biggest name that they had, um, for this show, but Carl Urban's fantastic, man. He was great as Judge Dredd. He was great in Star Trek. I mean, the guy, the guy does a good job in anything he, he does, but, um, he was also in Thor. I completely forgot he was in that. Um, but, uh, yeah, so if you haven't watched the boys, it's available on Amazon prime. Both seasons are, uh, fully available. If you've not watched Banshee, you can watch that on Cinemax. I believe that it's, it may also be on Netflix if I'm not mistaken at this point. Um, but, uh, that about wraps up our around the multiverse issue. Um, I'm glad Charlie finally got through the boys so we could talk about it a little bit. Um, obviously when the next season starts, we will watch it and cover it. Um, and we'll keep our coverage of the Mandalorian coming and any other shows that we may find of interest. I can guarantee you by the next around the multiverse, uh, issue, we will have a coverage of supernatural. I will be done supernatural by the next one. Um, Anything else on your end, Charlie? Nope. I am good on the side. All right. So we, uh, like I said, we are available on all social media platforms at DJI Podcast. Um, that includes Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, um, TikTok, um, and through email. Obviously, our emails are attached to all of our social media accounts. If there's something we did not talk about, we do not cover, and you guys would wish we would cover, uh, please shoot us a message, shoot us a comment comment on one of our many posts that we make every single day um, and let us know what you want to hear. Uh, we would love um, at some point we're going to bring some more guests on. Um, and I think we finally may have figured out a, a solid recording, you know, schedule. So next week we're going to try um, prior to Christmas 
getting in a wrestling or uh, between the ropes and a hot off the press issue for next week, which will be cut into half of what our normal runtime is because we'll only be covering a week at a time um, moving forward. We'll probably keep our around the multiverse uh, issues every two weeks um, just to give a little bit more time, a little bit more um, to talk about in between. Um, but other than that, I'd have nothing else for this issue. Um, if Charlie has nothing else, he can send us home. Yep, I got nothing else, man. So uh, till next time, uh, I'll uh, we'll, we'll keep doing our thing. And um, yeah, man, go ahead and hit our music. 